For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to a very special edition of the Believe in Lions and the Believe in Jets podcast. I am your host at Javanaugh87, joined as always by the all-pro, all-world safety, Glover Quinn. But we are also joined by the... Maryland Turpins running back, former second round pick of the New York Jets, Lamont Jordan, and his co-host, Andrew Golden. What a crew we've got here today. Hello, everyone. What's going on? What's up? Up? Great, great. Just living the dream, living the Lions playoff dream. Glover and I have been in the past couple weeks. <laughs> it's going to happen. feel that. It's been, uh, it's been quite the time as a Jets fan this season. Not uh, not being sad when games end and actually have something to look forward to at the end of the week. It's been nice. You've been up and down and in and out of the playoffs for the last couple of weeks. Now you're the ninth seed right now, but weren't you the seventh seed or sixth seed last week? Uh, yeah, they were, I think they were at seven. If they would have beaten Buffalo, they would have been in first place in the AFC East and they could have been all the way up to the two seed. And then that's, you know, all the way down to nine, but it's been, all over the place with the playoff jump. Just trying to hope they can finish strong uh, with the way the standings are right now. Uh, the only thing that guarantees them a playoff spot is to win out over these next four games. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because that's the exact same situation <laughs> that Glover and I find ourselves in trying to get to that 10-win threshold. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, no, the Jets are... Um, Jets are in the same boat. We got two teams here that have been down on their luck for a while, but starting to have some resurgence. The uh, the roar is being restored, as I've heard on Twitter for a handful of Lions fans, and, and the Jets are finally taking flight. It's been a fun year. It really has been. And so, Glover, going to go to you first. What are you looking for in this matchup against the Jets? Well, I mean, I need to check the weather forecast and see. 40 gonna degrees be cold. and sunny. Four degrees and sunny. Oh man, it's gonna be sunny. that's gonna be beautiful weather out there. I'm expecting, you know, I'm 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 looking to see how the Lions come out and and play this game. You know, what I'm saying, do they do they stick with their recipe of getting the run game going, not putting too much pressure on Jared Goff, and staying in third and manageable situations and letting Amon Ross St. Brown keep the chains moving and and DJ Chark. And some of those guys getting, getting big plays up top, seeing if they can get Jamison Williams back in the fold again this week. Um, you know, I want to see who they're going to match up on Amon. What are they going to do with, with with Sauce? Who Are they going to match him up with somebody? Or are they going to leave him on one side? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out and try to play this. But the Lions have weapons all over the field. So um, they'll have to make some adjustments more than likely. But it should be a good game. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. And that's kind of what I was wondering heading into this too. Lamont, can you answer some of those questions for us? Where is Sauce going to go? Who's he going to be up against? And also, what are you expecting the Jets to do to slow them down? I think Drew will be able to better tell you where Sauce is going to line up at when it comes to our show. You know, that's he definitely specializes in that. 
Um, for me, it's all about eliminating. It, it's two things that I'm looking at from a defensive standpoint. Um, first of all, coming into this game, I, I, I will admit I do have some concerns after watching the film. Um, I started paying attention to the Lions last year, uh, just messing around with the sports book. And at the end of the year, I looked and I said, well, damn, if I had just taken the, the Lions on the spread in every game, I would have came out on top. Um, knowing that Aaron Glenn, I believe he's still the D.C. out there. Um, understanding, I mean, he was a former Jet. Him and I were teammates. I had a chance to watch him as a rookie, as a veteran, how he operates. So n- knowing what he brought to the table as a player, I knew instantly that the Lions defense was going to be something to be working with. Um, with that said, for us defensively, I think it's two things. Um, the The main thing is we have to check the check down. A lot of what Detroit does when you, from what I've seen from watching the film is there's a lot of big plays that lead to touchdowns. All right. You also do a good job of slicing and dicing using Swift. And I think Williams is starting to come into the mix. Um, we have to eliminate the big shots. We have to eliminate those big shots down the field and we have to check the check down coming into this game, the clear cut uh, mismatch, I think. And I, and I think Drew is going to echo me this on this because he pointed it out to me, I think, last show or the show before is these running backs are dangerous out the backfield. And it's very simple. Golf is looking to go deep to check down, deep to check down. So if you look at the matchup, we have to make sure we eliminate the big plays and we have to make sure we check the check down. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go right off what Lamont was saying there. Uh, Speaking of Sauce Gardner, uh, I'll be the resident Sauce Gardner fanboy here for everybody that's listening. Definitely no uh, qualms about that. The way the Jets defense works for an early down first and second down rate, they usually don't do a lot of matching. Sauce Gardner is pretty much the defense's left corner and he's going to stay on the defense's left. DJ Reed's going to be on the right side. and You're going to have Michael Carter, the second in the slot. Now, I'm on Ross St. Brown does a lot of playing from the slot. And so the question is, are the Jets going to, on third down situations, move Sauce Gardner inside and have him take on Amon Ra? Or would they possibly have DJ Reed follow him? Because Amon Ra is definitely, he's by no means small, but he's not a a 6'5", 230-pound receiver that's going to be great at, you know, bodying people up. He's a little more shifty. He's a really good route runner. He's good at creating separation. And I think that fits DJ Reed's skill set to cover a little bit better. However, Last week, the Jets just played the Buffalo Bills, and they have a receiver by the name of Stephon Diggs that's pretty dang good that also plays from the slot every now and again. And we didn't see pretty much any matching from the Jets' defense at all, even on third down, where Michael Carter II was in the slot and he was covering Diggs, and there was the first third down of the game, actually. He gets on Diggs in a one-on-one. I'm pretty sure the Bills went empty. They motion uh digs across the formation he goes into the opposite slot gives a little bit of a nod to the outside and then comes back over the middle and he was wide open wide open josh allen missed the throw and if he didn't it's going to be a walk-in touchdown that's a concern for me i think that's something that the lions absolutely could have seen on tape and go oh we can do that same thing with amon Ra. and if we get into a third and six that you know we can get him isolated on carter and that might be an advantageous matchup to be fair, though, Michael Carter II's had a really good year, too. The entire Jets cornerback group has played really well this year. I would say the last week against Buffalo was probably his worst game of the season, and even then, it wasn't a, a disastrous outing by any means. So I'm really curious to see if this is going to be the week the Jets change things. They pretty much haven't done any matching since week one. On third downs in week one against Baltimore, in his first ever NFL game, they had Sauce Gardner checking Mark Andrews. Even if he was, you know, lined up in line at tight end, they had him right on top of him. They haven't really done much matching since then. I think this would be a really good game to see that, whether it's DJ Reed or Sauce, whoever it is. I'd like to see them do some different things in the secondary, at least on third downs when, you know, that's the money down. That's where the NFL, you win and lose. Lamont and I, we talk about this all the time on our show. The things we bring up in terms of did the Jets win or did they lose and why or why not, third down and turnovers are pretty much always where we start. Well, I, I will say this from a from a defensive back perspective, and I know um, Coach Tony Oden, if if he's still the uh, head DB coach mm-hmm. out there, corners coach. So he was my coach in uh, Detroit for five years, four years, right? So the thing I know that he's going to do, he's going to want his guys to be comfortable. And so when you have young guys and, you know, Sauce is a rookie, I don't, I'm not real sure what Michael Carter is and DJ. He's Reed, a second year player. Right, DJ so Reed's in year five. 
right? So you you got some young guys, right? So when you start doing different types of matchups and different things like that, it's a lot of moving pieces, right? It's a lot of adjustments, right? You might have a corner be over here and they're in the zone, but he's on that side, and all of a sudden somebody goes in motion, things like that. So when you have a lot of young guys, sometimes you kind of just want to let let them line up and play, right? And we can make adjustments based off of who's hurting us by double teams or or different coverages that they can do. So if Sauce has been playing on that side and they haven't been matching, I wouldn't look for them to match with with Amon Ross St. Brown. I would look because DJ Chark and 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 Josh Reynolds can go up top of you on the outside as well. So I would look for them to stay exactly how they've been and probably mix in some double teams if they feel like Michael Carter needed on the slot with with Amon Ross St. Brown. But I would look for them to come out and play straight up just based off of Robert Sala and Coach Tony Oda. And so on the other side, we've got the Jets offense against a surging Lions defense as of late. Lamont, how are you looking to attack this Lions defense that has really buckled down against the run and has been kind of roasted from the slot at times? That's kind of being their biggest weakness. Um, you know, when I look at the stats from a defensive standpoint, the Lions statistically are not very good. But when I watch this team play on film, like it's a team that that you should be encouraged by. Um, like the stats to me don't really do the defense justice. I think that this defense is faster than the people give credit for. Uh, when I watch the defense play, it kind of reminds me of a slightly slower version of the Jets. When you look at the fact that from across the front four, you have guys that can get pressure on the quarterback. When you look at things from a secondary standpoint, it looks like your secondary, even when you have a safety, it, it almost looks like at times y'all have almost eight, nine people in a box, even when teams are spread out. And Quinn, you can help me out with that if I'm saying something differently. Um that's a problem for what we do when you think about the read option type stuff. And Drew always hears me talk about this the whole college style offense. I can't stand it. I don't think that we can. I don't think that we're going to move the ball against Detroit doing that. I mean, I, I, I have a I have a lot of respect for what I see that this Lions team is doing. Um, I think the team is well built defensively. They, they seem like these guys, they they. It's the Lions, and you all are in a process where you're building. And I've said it about the Jets. Drew and I have said this. The Lions are a franchise that's headed in the right direction. The way I'm going to attack this defense, for me, we need to spread the ball out, and I think that both teams beat each other's defenses doing the same thing. Spread the ball out. As long as your quarterback isn't going to get hit, because right now we have two pocket passers. The Lions are in trouble to me because I've watched Jared Goff play even when he was with the Rams. And the key to stopping this Lions offense is first and foremost, you have to get pressure on Jared Goff. If you can just hit him, he's going to rush his throws. He's going to overthrow. He's not going to get to his second and third read. So first and foremost, we have to hit them from a defensive standpoint. Offensively, I say spread them out. If they go with a single high safety, we have to take our chances with the ball down the field. And I know that's a little different than – than what I've talked about on the show because I felt like that a whole lot of our routes is too many times that everything is so vertical and everything is down the field. If we can protect our quarterback, I think that our wide receiver core can give this defense some problems. And we have to find a way to get Drew's guy. And Drew called this back in training camp. We have to find a way to get Bam the ball in space because I think that that's the matchup. I think both teams have mismatches when it comes to each team's backfield in space in the passing game against these linebackers. I really wanted to hear what you had to say about Bam, because I am a big fan of Bam Knight. He's caught every pass thrown in his direction. He is one of my favorite undrafted players from this class, so I'm glad that you guys are feeling the love for Bam, too. Hoping that Rodrigo and Alex Anzalone can slow them down a bit. Yeah, I got a question for you, Jack, uh, because I think, quite honestly, this game in particular, most games in the NFL are this way, but this game for sure, I think it really is going to come down to which team wins the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And we've seen the Jets' offensive line, at least last week in Buffalo, did not play very well. 
They've struggled to get push off the line of scrimmage all year in the run game. Their pass protection has had weeks of being excellent and weeks of being terrible. And now you got a quarterback in Mike White where he's coming with a rib injury. He's expected to play. He seems to be okay. He's practicing. It's been light practices and he's expected to start, but he might be a little sore and a little tender. And even still, you don't have a guy that's the best at getting out and running and making plays with his legs. He can avoid pressure in the pocket and, you know, have that second, that sixth sense to avoid guys when you're, you're dropping back. But he's not going to be a guy that's going to make any damage with his legs or take advantage of any angles or, or rush lanes that aren't covered. Conversely, the Lions offensive line from when I was looking, there's three starters questionable. <coughs> and I'm curious. Curious. My question for you, Jack, is is what's the update with the Lions' offensive line? Because that group is excellent. Uh, they are they are an excellent excellent group when everyone is healthy. Penny Sewell is one of my favorite draft prospects ever. I absolutely adored him. So glad to see him playing well. Frank Ragnow on the interior is an awesome center. Taylor Deckers had a late year uh, late career resurgence. It seems like where there was some downtimes and he's gotten back. And then um, is it Jonah Jackson at guard who's the rookie this year that's been playing pretty well? Uh, if I'm remembering that correctly. Either way. This line is very talented, and the Jets have an injury on their line themselves in Quinnen Williams, who's dealing with a calf injury, and as far as I'm aware, didn't practice yesterday. Thursday, when we're recording this, I haven't been able to get the injury report, but it didn't seem like he might practice again. He's their leading sack artist with 11 sacks from the interior, and if Quinnen can't go, that's going to make things a lot harder for the Jets' line. However, if the Lions' offensive line is dealing with some injuries themselves, that might even the playing field a little bit. So I'm curious to hear the update on those injuries. So they're not as banged up as it looks. The right guard is a genuine question mark, and it has been for weeks. We've been missing Evan Brown with, he's been banged up in a couple different ways. So they've been rotating that right guard position. Outside of that, we've seen a lot of questionable from this offensive line throughout the season. Frank Ragnow has had multiple injuries and he's for the most part played. So I think they're going to be okay. The right guard position is genuinely questionable. I think all the other four starters are going to be locked in. And that trench battle is really going to be massive for the Lions versus the Jets because you guys have, I was looking it up this morning, four different left tackles, five different right tackles, and three different right guards. We've had uh-huh. some, we've had some rotation on the interior, but Decker's played every game. Sewell's played every game. Ragnow's missed a little bit, but they've always had the stability on the bookends, which has really helped them. As for the defense, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun seeing Aiden Hutchinson against a non-mobile quarterback because Glover and I talk about it every week. Mobile quarterbacks, the guys who are getting out of the pocket, they're the ones that kill us consistently. So if Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston start teeing off on they get up early and into some passing situations, it's gonna be fun, don't you think, Glover? Yeah, I mean, I think that's gonna be a, a, a big thing. First of all, it's anytime you see questionable on the injury report on a Wednesday, those guys are playing. Let's just let just let you know. Um, that's just rhetoric that they got to put out there. Um, but I'm I, I like the matchup with the uh with the rush guys from Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson and, and James Houston. You know, I got a former teammate that's a plan to tackle for 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 the Jets and Dwayne Brown. That's my guy, you know what I'm saying? But Dwayne's getting a little older. He's still a you know, great tackle. But these young guys, they these guys are coming. These guys are coming, and to have an immobile quarterback. That's dealing with a rib injury, you know, that that says two things for me as a defensive back. One, they're probably going to try to get the ball a lot fast. They're going to run the ball, try to get out of his hands fast because they don't want him to get hit. Right. Because anything, anytime you have ribs, those things hurt. Just is what it is. They're going to hurt. They're going to hurt to throw it. You know, it's going to be difficult to throw the ball deep down the field because it takes a lot of core strength to get the ball deep down the field. So I will look for it to be a lot of short passes early in the game, see how he's feeling, get the ball out of his hands quickly so he don't get sacked. So if the Lions can be on those plays early, stop the run game, I think I think they can have a chance later in the game to probably get them in passing situations and be able to tee off. Because as we've seen, for every game except for probably two or three games this year, the Lions are going to score 30 points. I mean, that's just what they do. I mean, they got shut out against the Patriots. Um, but, you know, at that time, we were dealing with a bunch of injuries and stuff like that. When they've been full, healthy, De- DeAndre Swift's healthy, Amon's back, DJ Chark's back, Jamal's back. And Jamal's had, you know, he's had 
kind of a couple weeks off, really, because he hasn't got as many carries these last few weeks. And so he's probably going to be fresher. And this is going to be the type of game for him. It's getting cold. You got to run the ball on the road, control the game. And so the last time I can remember, I think him being on the road would have been Chicago a few weeks ago. And he really controlled that game in the cold, in the weather. So the Lions are going to score 30. They're, they're going to score 30. So if they, can, if they can keep the Jets, you know, the big plays off of them, I don't think they can nickel and dime them and, and score 30 on them. So it'd be interesting to see how it starts out. Lamont, I know you obviously as a former running back, you've got a lot to say about running backs for DeAndre Swift being in and out of the lineup so much. I know he's been frustrated at times, but not at the coaches or the staff or anything. He's just been frustrated because he wants the rock every single play as a star does. But being able to take that kind of active rehabilitation where he's playing 10, 15 snaps while he's hurt with the ankle and shoulder. What does that allow a running back to accomplish late in the season? Um, man. As a back, if I feel like I'm healthy enough to go, I want to be in there, mm. especially for a guy like Swift. I mean, because he's a complete running back. He does a good job. And uh, from what I see, he seems to be solid in pass protection. We already know what he can do as a runner, and, and he's dangerous out the backfield. His ability to make guys miss. And so if you're the Lions, you're looking at this from a number of different ways. Hey, if we qualify for the playoffs, we need you healthy for the playoffs because without you, our chances of winning go go down significantly. Um, with that said, as a back, like I want to get into a groove. Now, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. If it's a situation where we're coming in and we're about to be throwing the ball a lot, sure, take me out. Go ahead. You know, when I was a rookie with the Jets, most of the time when we played against the Patriots, I came in on passing downs to jet protection. Well, guess who I had to go block? Willie McGinnis. All right. If I'm a running back and I'm banged up and they're doing this type of rehabilitation for me, then yeah. Hey, and, and those situations take me out. But if he feels like he can go, then you let him go. Yeah, I mean, you, you let him go. Not unless it's a situation where you're talking to the medical staff and his situation can get worse because the last thing you want to do is get in a situation where, He's in and out of the game, and then you get later in the season or you get into the playoffs and you realize that you need for him to be able to go four quarters, but you just spent the last two and a half months not allowing him to play for four quarters. So you want to get him going as much as you possibly can. With that said, the way the league is going with this two-headed monster running backs, um, you want to go ahead and maintain that. You want to maintain that. And there's something that the backs do a great job of, and – it's to me, it's the one thing that allows the Lions to be as dangerous as they are with their vertical uh, passing game. These backs do a great job of understanding where you're supposed to release, meaning if you have to run the flat and you're releasing outside, you release outside. But when these guys release on the inside, oh, they are very active in pass protection. As they go through the B gap, if you're a nose tackle, you got to watch out for Swift and you got to watch out for these guys chipping you. They do a great job of that. And I think that that's the number one factor and why this offensive line has been so good and giving golf protection to be able to throw the ball down the field is because these backs do a great job of helping out um, with regards to blocking in the passing game. The reason their checkdowns work, and I caught 70 passes doing this, and it's a great feeling as a running back. You come through the inside, you give a little chip. The linebackers are dropping so deep to check to take away the underneath routes, and now we slip away for the check down. So with regards to Swift, it's like if that's the game plan, heck yeah, I want to be in because now instead of me getting the ball on the handoff, now I get a chance to chip, check out, get a little dump. When I catch the ball, the nearest defender is four and a half yards away, and if he's a linebacker, then most of these linebackers on Swift's first step, they can't keep up with him. He's just that smooth of a guy. And so when it comes to him and him playing, like he is the bell cow. He, to me, he is the one that gets everything going. Because if you don't have to worry about the Lions run game and you could just focus on shutting golf down, I think it's a lot easier to stop this offense. Glover, any uh, retaliation to that or any thoughts that you want to add? Well, I mean, I, I, I just feel like with, with DeAndre Swift, I think Jamal is going to be a bigger 
um, probably run factor. I think they're gonna they're with with the shoulder. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna run DeAndre as much. They're gonna get him touches though, and it's gonna be in the pass game. So can those linebackers? And I know y'all got CJ Mosley, but can those linebackers cover DeAndre Swift out of the backfield? That's gonna be a big a big thing because Jamal 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 can handle the 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 poundage on the inside. But when you add DeAndre Swift, you almost kind of got two slot guys with Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. And you use them kind of like a tight end and a slot receiver other than Amon is the tight end. Because generally, well, Amon is the slot receiver and DeAndre Swift is the tight end. Because generally, when you look back at a lot of the offenses that have good tight ends and good slot receivers, the tight end works underneath, but the slot receiver works at the, the next level. Then you have a, a speed guy that works deep down the field, right? So when you look at this situation, you traded TJ Hawkinson. Well, you still need somebody to control that lower level in the passing game. Otherwise, the linebackers are going to sink back and they're going to make it crowded for a, for a month in the middle. But you got to respect DeAndre Swift. And like Lamont was saying, when you're a running back, and you catch that ball and you got four yards of space, you're in the open. Like, you're in the open. Those guys don't need a lot of space. Four yards is a whole field almost for those guys. They're going to make somebody miss, and it's going to be up the field. That's all they want. So when you got a man that can control the middle, it makes those linebackers sink back. Well, then that opens up space for DeAndre Swift. If they're trying to keep DeAndre Swift from getting the ball, that opens up space for Amon because the middle is vacated. So those two guys working in tandem is going to be big. You've seen it a lot in Kansas City, how they use Travis Kelsey back when they had Tyreek Hill and some of those guys because Kelsey can control the underneath and then you can hit those plays behind them because you got to respect Kelsey. So I think that's what the Lions are doing now with DeAndre Swift and Amon Rossi Brown because they traded TJ Hawkinson, so they don't have a tight end that you really got to respect in the passing game. So DeAndre Swift is taking over that role. And Panay Sewell. You got to watch, you gotta watch Panay Sewell. He, he may, yeah, he that's may who, come um, out and catch one for, for you. I'm most scared of Panay Sewell catching passes. You got James, Jameson Williams, I'm on Ross St. Brown, you know, DJ Chark, all of those. I'm terrified of Panay Sewell. He's got a 100% catch rate for a career. That's incredible. Man. Yes, and I I definitely I mean he he those big guys almost fall on their own, but I definitely wouldn't want to be a a defensive back and he catch a ball and and they're not telling him to get down and get out of bounds because he's nimble enough. He got he got good feet and uh, it'd be a pretty tough tackle. He is. He's got good feet. He's got good hands. And I can't wait. I, I, I don't know if it'll happen against the Jets. They might space it out. But you know the Lions are going to go back to that formation where Sewell's lined up at receiver and bunch and motions him. But they're not going to throw it to him this time. They're going to come back with something else. Maybe Jamison Williams over, to- over the top. I can't wait to see that happen and see three or four players bite on the Panay Sewell motion. <laughs> well, this this is the thing. They're going to respect it. Right? They have to. But, but if I was a Lions team, I would do the same. I would do the same play. Because a lot of times you do think, okay, they did that. They're not going to do that this week. They're going to build something off of that. No, he's going to be wide open in the flats again this week. It's going to take two times for them to be like, okay, guys, we got to really cover this guy. Because next week you're going to be waiting for the high-low, right? They're going to they're gonna fake it to PNA in the, in the, in the, in the flats, and they're going to try to hit – the corner route behind us. Nope. We're going to throw it right to him again. And he's going to catch another first down because that's all we need him to do is get three yards and get down. And then, and then in week 18, when we're playing the green Bay Packers to, 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 to close out the playoffs run, then you fake it to pin a in the, in the flats and you hit a mom behind him for a touchdown. I don't think <laughs> it's a game that, that, the Lions want to try to get cute against this defense. When I look at you all schedule, there is one team on your schedule that when I look at their defense and I say that 
our defenses are kind of spitting images of one another, I would say the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are 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 just dominant as heck up front. They have defensive backs that are going to get up in your face. That they're going to have they're going to have to make tough contested catches. You can beat them across the middle if the quarterback has time. But if I'm Detroit, if I'm worried about anything, if I look throughout the schedule, what team does our offense has to face this week? What team have we played in the past that our offense can look and say that this defense reminds them of them? It, it would be the Dallas Cowboys. And and all the Detroit fans know what happened in that game. I think the Cowboys held the Lions to, what, six points, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. I could be wrong with my numbers. But for me coming into this game, that is my hope. I don't think that Detroit is going to beat us unless they complete deep passes down the field or if you have to complete deep passes down the field and you have to get your running backs involved. But I don't think that long developing plays is going to work against this Jets defense. This Jets defense, Coach Saul, if there's one thing that 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 when you watch this defense play, the Jets defense is savages. They are savages all the way across the board. If you are swift and you have a shoulder injury, this is not the game that you want to go tippy to him because Williams, number 56, he will knock you into another dimension. So as a running back, we have guys on this defense all the way across the board, even in our secondary, they have no problem getting their face mask dirty. So if you're Detroit, if you're looking and saying, you know, hey, where can we be beat at? You say this defense is a defense that have savages all the way across the board. You're not going to beat this defense running sideways, doing all that college stuff. You have to do what you do. That is make sure that you keep golf upright, make sure that he does not get hit. And if Detroit tries to get cute against the Jets, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a long day. You're not going to beat us. You're not going to move the ball on this Jets defense if you're trying to be cute. The way you move the ball against us is you have to just do what you've been doing. That's it. Hope that your offensive coordinator calls enough plays that your backs continue to be. And this is the benefit to what we do up front that can eliminate the running backs and the tight end out of the Jets offense. I don't think that this offensive line will hold up against our defensive line if they do not use the backs to chip either our nose guards, our tackles or our defensive ends. I don't think that you're going to have time to get all of these long developing plays down the field. So with that said, this Lions offense is playing against a savage defense. The thing that gives me concerns about this game is that I don't know if our offense, and Drew, you've heard me say it week after week, I'm just not sure if our offense is going to provide enough support for our defense to keep up with the Lions in the event that we give up those big plays. Yeah, that's going to be the question. That's that's absolutely going to be the question. I think – for the the Jets offense as a whole. The Lions offense is excellent. Let's not make any mistake about it. There is skill talent all over the place. Their offensive line is talented. And I don't think anyone's sitting here acting like Jared Goff's a, a top five quarterback or anything, but he's been far from terrible and he's been more than efficient enough to keep this offense going, especially with all the talent that they have. If you're the Jets offense, you want to keep them off the field. You want to, you're like, you're right, Lamont. They don't have a ton of faith in their offense. And if this is a game where the Lions score 30, I don't know if the Jets are going to have enough talent on offense or, quite honestly, I don't know if they're going to be able to pass protect long enough to match that. So you want to try and establish the run game early. In your <laughs> this is going to be where this comes down to for me. If the Lions offense is getting a ton of possessions and they're going down and scoring at will, Lions are going to win the game. But if the Jets can have sustained drives – if they can be effective in the run game on early downs, which they've really struggled with the last couple of weeks, they can get ahead of the chains, get into third and shorts instead of third and longs. Then I think you might have something you want to, if you're the jets, you want to turn this into a, a boxing match. The lions want to play fireworks. They want to play explosives down the field, score a bunch of points. The jets want to beat you up for four quarters. The jets want to, to, to punish you for four quarters in the game. And they want to be the more physical team. So I think it really comes down to, for the Jets' offense in particular, you had mentioned it earlier, Jack, Bam Knight. Bam Knight's leading the league in missed tackles over the last two weeks, missed tackles forced. His ability to 
make people miss, especially in the backfield. Lamont, I know you can speak to this as a running back. The amount of plays recently over the last couple of weeks that Bam Knight has turned from a loss of three into a gain of one or two is is astronomical. And if this is the type of guy as a running back where if you give him blocking for five yards, he'll get you nine. You give him blocking for negative one, he's going to get you two. You block well enough to get to get eight yards, nine yards downfield, well, he's going to make a cut outside and take it for 40. If there is early penetration from the Lions defensive line and they are able to get in the backfield and make life hard on Zonovan Knight on early downs, I think you're going to have a really tough time if you're the Jets offense. Lamont, I want to go back to something that you had mentioned on our show last week that I really, really think stuck out to me in this Bills game. The Jets tight ends are soft as crap in the run game. They are. They have been really, really struggling to get pushed off the line of scrimmage. There was a couple of plays where where Shaq Lawson and Greg Rousseau made Tyler Conklin look like toilet paper, and it was it was not a good outing. You have to, as the Jets' offense, be efficient on early downs, win at the line of scrimmage, make it easier on Bam Knight to not have to be dodging people diving at his ankles the second he touches the ball. You want to keep this a physical game. You do not want this to be a shootout. Because quite honestly, I am terrified of James Houston against Dwayne Brown. And Glover, I know you had said that's your teammate. Dwayne Brown, for for the fact that he almost considered retirement before this year started as he was dealing with a shoulder injury, and to come back and play this season, he's done excellent. But he is really struggling with speed right now. That has been his biggest issue, is speed around the corner. And James Houston's got a ton of it. So if you get into a third and long situation and you get James Houston on Dwayne Brown, it's going to be hard on Mike White. Mike White did some great things against Buffalo, especially on third and longs where he was able to stand in under pressure and make some throws to move the chains. But that's not a guarantee. And I think this is a much better situation for the Jets offense to avoid the opportunities for the Lions to just pin their ears back and come after him. You want to limit those as much as you can. I agree. And one thing I will say, just just to say something about the Lions offense, I don't know. I don't really get – I don't think that they want to um, be just the down the field and this and – like, I don't really think that's their, that's their strategy. I really think that they are a controlled offense, but they have so many different weapons that – those big play shots are there. I think they're just, I think they're content handing the ball off to Jamal Williams and running five yards a pop and take it down the field. But if you're stopping that, then they're content to go to the next level and try to see if we can get some intermediate passing game. And if you're shutting all that down, well then we got guys that can get to the third level. I don't think they coming out feeling like, okay, we just got to like the Kansas city chiefs. Just want to just take shot at the shot at the shot. I mean, we've seen games where the Lions have had, seven eight minute drives and they just methodically just move the ball down the field i think jared Goff is doing a good job of taking what's there if the shots are there he's gonna take it if the intermediates there with with amon or or deandre swift on the backfield he's gonna take it if they can just run the ball and and i think i think that's really what they want to do so i'm i like i like their philosophy and what they're trying to do I like the matchup with James Houston on Dwayne Brown. I like the lineup, the matchup with just the edge rushers with an immobile quarterback. But I do feel like, like you said, Lamont, the Jets has a has a, a savage defense. Those guys are tough. They're physical. You know, like I said, C.J. Mosley leading the pack. You got two, you know, dog linebackers in there that that will hit you. They will set the tone. And in games like this, a lot of it depends on how the game starts. You can look at the first drive of a game. If the Jets come out and they're on fire and they can force a turnover because the Lions haven't turned the ball over a lot lately. But if they can get a big hit or a big interception and 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 force a turnover, that momentum is going to be tough because, you know, the Lions are going to be on the road. But if the Lions can come out and methodically play calling-wise, move the ball down the field that first drive and score a touchdown, then it could be a long day for for the Jets. So I think seeing those first two drives of the game is going to have a lot to do with how this game is going to go. 
and this game is a pick 'em at the end of the day. Our good friends over at betonline.ag not given a line. It is just a straight up flip a coin, pick your favorite. And so, Glover, if you do have to pick who's winning and what's the score. <laughs> Why you gotta do me like that? What do you want? You want Lamont to go first? No, I, want... I, I take this. You we're know we're this gonna is, go around the is, table. You know this is what this is what I do. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call it how how I see it playing out. I I really do feel not just from a bias standpoint. I really do feel like the Lions are gonna win this game. Not because I'm I'm a former Lion with the believe, but just going based off of the Jets. They had they've been having a great year, right? They've been having a great year. They're battling, and they're in a tough division, right? They're in a tough division. They're playing well. It's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. They've been playing well, but they've had some some team drama these last couple of weeks, right? With the, with the Zach and 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 all that stuff, right? And now you got a quarterback who's banged up, and it's it's like it's like they came out really good, a lot of momentum, and now it's kind of like they're treading water. They're just trying to stay. Like they're there, but they it's gonna take just a little bit more. And I feel like the lines are above the water a little bit. They were treading four, five, six weeks ago, and I think now they've caught their their second their second win, and they're healthy. They're in a good space. They got a chip on their shoulder. They believe confidently, not just saying something. I think they confidently believe that they can win every single game. I think the games that they've lost, they felt like the other team didn't beat us. We lost the game. We didn't execute or play to our level. And I think now they're healthy. The guys are back. I think they believe that they can win every game. They got their first road win a couple weeks ago when they went to Chicago and got their win. And I really do feel like they think they can go into New York and get a win. I don't think they feel like teams can slow them down offensively with all the different weapons that they have. So I, I can see the Lions winning this game. And I know I said the Lions been scoring 30, 30 a game, but I'm going to give the Jets defense a little credit, and I'm going to say I'm going to go 28-16. Lamont, how are you uh, shaking out on this pick brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online? Um, first of all, for this game, <clears throat> if, if somebody said, Hey, <clears throat> you know, make a bet, I'm going with either one of these teams, uh, <laughs> over one and a half field goals at a minus one something, that would be my bet because I can't, I just, I don't know who wins this game. I mean, it, it, there's, there's a lot that I'm taking into account with this. Um, I'm seeing a scenario where if offensively we're not moving the ball well, if our quarterback is under siege, I'm seeing a situation where Zach Wilson could come in the game. Ooh. All right, I'm seeing a situation where he can come in the game. And if he comes into the game, I think that that messes up everything that Detroit does defensively because you spent a whole week preparing for a pocket passer. You're not really focusing on the def- the, the disciplines of your rush lanes because you're not worried about the quarterback running anywhere. So I'm going to stick to it's tough, man, because too much of this too much of this is dependent on the Jets offense. For me, it's very simple. If the Jets offense shows up, we win. It's just that simple. I don't I, I don't think that this is a game like yes, Detroit looks good on film, but the fact of the matter is we had to play against the Buffalo Bills twice. All right. To me, there's nothing like like a, a pocket quarterback against this defense is not a concern for me. It's always the issues have always been these mobile quarterbacks. So I don't anticipate that Detroit is going to score a lot of points. If we come into this game healthy from a defensive standpoint, I think that this is an ugly game for the Lions. If we're able to get our paws on Jared Goff, he's going to check the ball down. He's going to throw the ball earlier. And I think that it's going to lead to some turnovers. Um Man, oh man. First of all, my bet is I'm taking the Jets over one and a half field goals. I'm just going to start with that. (laughs) That's not my bet. That's not my bet. I can't do it. That's okay. It's okay. No, my Lord, I'm sorry. This is my bet. Largest lead either team over or under 14 and a half. 
All right. Largest lead, I'm going under 14 and a half at a minus 126. If we're talking about who the winner or who the loser of the game is and what the score is going to be, I mean, I'm going to give two scenarios. For me, it's very simple. Lions either blow us out or we win a very close contested game where nobody scores 20 points or more. I think that's how the game goes. Either the Lions blow us out, meaning they were able to put up points in our offense and we just weren't able to get anything but field goals, maybe one or two. Maybe Detroit scores 20, 21 points or something like that. Maybe Detroit scores 24 points. I don't know. But if this game is closely contested and it comes down and 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 our defense is hitting Jared Go- is hitting golf, I think the Jets win a very close game because now I am going to take home field advantage into account. We don't know what the win is going to be like. I know they're playing in New York at this time, that the win can play a factor with everything that we do. And if it's one thing that Jared Goff does when he throws a ball, he throws a beautiful deep ball, but he throws a deep ball that can be affected by the win. So I'm going with one of these two scenarios. I'm either going to say Detroit is going to come in there and blow us out because their offense just continues to, to just light it up and our defense just didn't get supported by our offense or I'm going to say our defense is going to beat the hell out of this Detroit Lions offense. This is going to be a low-scoring game that it probably comes down to a, which one of these teams, defense or special teams, can score a point. Andrew, you co-signing that? Um, Not exactly. <laughs> I'm in a similar boat, but I wouldn't say that I'm I'm gonna outright uh, outright co-sign it. Uh, Lamont and I are definitely no strangers to disagreement, so this will be far from the first time. I do think that there is a, a, absolutely something to what he's saying is that if the Lions' offense is going and they're firing all cylinders, it's going to be very very hard for the Jets to win this game. I just do not know if they have the offensive line talent to hold up in pass protection for the entirety of the day and, and let Mike White just pick the Lions defense part going down the field. I think that could make things tough. And I'm also really, really worried about DeAndre Swift out of the backfield against C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams because they will hit you. Absolutely. They will stick you. They will get their face mask dirty. They are no strangers to coming up and being, you know, being the aggressors. But they have not been the best in coverage. And that has been a struggle with the Jets going back to last year, defending running backs out of the backfield. Lamont, I know we've talked about this on our show before. For some reason, no team has tested them with it yet this year. They just haven't had to worry about it as much to where it's not so much that they're defending it well, they're just not getting tested. And if this is the game that DeAndre Swift starts getting out of the backfield and Goff's hitting them on the check routes and and the Texas routes and all of that, I don't know if Mosley and Williams are going to be able to be chasing him all over the field. That's there's an X factor to this game that not anyone on this show has mentioned until right now. So I'll be the one to do it. That's Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson has been uncoverable the last few weeks. Absolutely and totally uncoverable. He had, I think it was 168 receiving yards against the Vikings. He had over 111 last week against the bills. He is on a tear. He broke Keyshawn Johnson's 26-year-old record for most receiving yards in a season by a rookie Jets receiver. Did it in the same amount of games. I think that Garrett Wilson, if he can get into space, which as we've seen, covering him is is a, a very, very tall task for whoever's guarding him. If he can get out into open space and he can make some big plays, I think that keeps the Jets offense in this. And I don't know. If the Lions offensive line is good as they are, the Jets have played some good offensive lines too. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up and just make this a a perfectly pristine pocket every day for Jared Goff. And I don't know if they're going to be able to just run the ball down the Jets throats. Jamal Williams, tough runner. Absolutely. He's no uh, stranger to getting his pads dirty either. And I fully expect him to do some damage. The Jets have struggled with tackling in the last couple of weeks as well. And against a guy like Jamal Williams, that makes things even more difficult. But overall, on the year, they've done pretty well defending the run. And I know that their secondary pretty much has yet to fail a test, even against some of the best of the best receivers in the league. Justin Jefferson had one of his lowest outputs against the Jets when they played him. Stephon Diggs has been pretty much eliminated outside of the first play in the first Bills game. When Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed's been on him, he has not done much. Jamar Chase got, you know, blanketed too. You can go down the line. I don't know if this is going to be 
an outright offensive explosion for either teams. So I'm going to bank on the fact that this is home field advantage. I'm going to bank on the fact that the Jets as a team under Robert Sala refuse to quit. They never get down on themselves. They never harp on a loss for too long. They're always ready to play. The locker room is there's been some drama, but even throughout it, they've been united. And I think that they have really kind of stood behind Mike White rolling with him as the starter. And that's kind of helped things. We say all the time on our show, Lamont and I, that it all starts at the top. And it starts with Robert Salo with that mindset to keep the team going, get them focused, take everything one game at a time. And I know the Jets have their back against the wall right now. They just fell to the ninth seed, like you were saying, Jack, at the start, where they could have been, you know, first in the AFC East, and now they're on the outside looking into the playoffs. They know that they have not a lot left to afford to lose. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I think this is going to be a very, very close game. I'm going to call my shot and say it goes to overtime. Ooh. And I think the Jets win on a field goal 24-21. Okay, okay. So that's from the sounds of it. We've got Glover with the Lion. (laughs) We've got Andrew with the Jets. And we've got Lamont, one of each. So it sounds like I am the tiebreaker (laughs) at this point. And as the tiebreaker, I can get behind your 24 points for the Lions. 24-17 for the Detroit Lions with a W as Detroit continues their playoff run. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Very much a pleasure to get to talk to two fine uh, podcasters such as yourself, Glover. Always a pleasure getting to work with you. (laughs) And with that, we will see you next time. Peace. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.